Welcome to the Custom Culture Rodcast, brought to you by Car Culture Deluxe and Old School Rods Magazine. Welcome to episode eight of our Rodcast, brought to you by Old School Rods and Car Culture Deluxe Magazines. I know you guys just heard that on the whole intro, but here we are. Mr. Murpho, how are you doing today? I'm sitting here with Murpho from Murpho's Rod and Customs in beautiful Buda, Texas, and the real Mrs. Murphy, Charlie Murphy. Guys, how are you? Doing great, Deuce. How you doing, man? I am fantastic, man. It's been a great day, beautiful day, good weather, everything, man. We're doing yeah. well. I'm excited about our show tonight, dude. And, you know, um, Art was telling me before we get started, you know, that we've got a lot of good feedback on our downloads, dude. Like, you know, people are, like, checking us out. So I'm super excited for that. Absolutely. Yeah. You got, got some, some, some fellas in Australia and, and guys in Asia and dudes in Africa. I mean, everyone's hitting us up, which is pretty rad, man. Yeah. It's very good. Cool. And by the way, any of you guys who, uh, if you haven't heard episode seven, we talked with Johnny D'Agostino, the um, Hall of Fame car builder, and we talked with Mitzi, who is the most amazing photographer. Make sure you guys hit up our episode seven. But this one is pretty rad, man. We're in for a treat. We are in for a treat. For, ladies and gentlemen, we have a custom car, I guess, I mean, he'd be like a second gen guru type fellow, wouldn't you say? So... We're going to talk to Voodoo Larry. There we go. And um, I don't really know how to start about Voodoo Larry other than saying a consummate <laughs> artist. Like, the guy has talent oozing out of him, both like, he's a musician, he's a pinstriper, but he's a huge car builder in our scene. He's been around for a really, really long time. And when you say second generation, I'm saying like he is going to be at the pinnacle of the second generation of the next Hall of Famers right, and the people right, that right. the next generation is going to look up to and look at his builds as being iconic, you know. There's been so many of our greats, and we're going to talk to Larry about this, that have been dying, man. They've just been like going out, like dropping yeah. all over. And so it's going to be guys in this age group, Voodoo Larry spearheading that, that are going to be the people that we look up to as car builders, like I said. So let's let's get Voodoo on, man. Let's go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce you guys to Voodoo Larry. He is a custom car builder, like Murpho said, for ages. His, his shop is Voodoo Larry Customs with a K out of Elk Grove, Illinois. Voodoo Larry, you on, buddy? I'm here, Daddy-O. What's <laughs> up, man? <laughs> there he is. <laughs> How are you doing today, man? <laughs> crazy man, crazy. That's all I say. boy. <laughs> so, so Voodoo, like me, like he gets into the shop, right, right Larry, like 5 a.m. and hit the ground yeah, running. Well, sometimes 3 o'clock, sometimes 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. 19 hours a day. Yeah. That's the only time I have for my own personal builds, but you know, I got to spend it, you know, eight to 10 hour day on customers, you know, it's because I got to keep them building, you know, mm-hmm. how many, uh, how many yeah. cars are you into right now, bro? I actually have about 11 cars in the shop right oh, now. Wow. Yeah. And no employees, just me. Just uh-huh. you. I like that. Just Why me. don't we have more of that happening in our shop? Well, <laughs> well I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> Boob <day>. shop. <laughs> All the guys in the shop are going to be pissed off at me. (gasps) Well, you know, I used to have employees back in the day. You know, and a lot of times, you know, when you're when you're building a car and stuff, and and you look at it after an eight-hour day, and you look at the car that your employees were working on, and they're like, "Oh, that's not what I wanted to do. Mm. I want it to be like this." Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. one day, I said to myself, "I says, you know, I says, people bring their cars to my shop for Voodoo Larry to build." So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna have, I'm gonna build the cars. So I gave up employees about nine years ago, and I just been building cars myself. 
And my customers, you know, I, I made a fan base many years ago. You know, I've been building cars for about 45 years. I started out as a 16-year-old kid in my home garage building my jalopies or fixing my rust buckets up that I had. Because remember, we're from <laughs> Chicago here. Yeah. And what, what, what do we have in Chicago? Snow, salt. baby, snow. <laughs> and salt and salt and snow and salt. What, what does that stuff do to your cars? It rots yeah. them out. So here I am as a young kid learning how to fabricate. Now, as a 16-year-old, I didn't even know how to weld. I used to freaking pop rivet cars. I used to sheet metal stuff on cars, and that's what I got away with. That's you know, awesome. And then I heard about this thing called Bondo. I don't know if you guys <laughs> heard this thing called Bondo. Welcome to the Back day. in the day, now I was building cars in a cold garage in February, Mixing a Bondo. Bondo don't like to be mixed below 60 degrees. <laughs> so no. here I am mixing a Bondo on my cars, learning how to French headlights and taillights and all that stuff. And I couldn't figure out why Bondo wasn't drying. <laughs> well, you had to read the small print on the back of the cans. You can't use Bondo under 60 degrees. So here I'm waiting till April or May to finally mix Bondo up and spread it out and sand it in May. So anyway, back in the back in the day, it's like you know, you know, reading a small pocket-sized magazines, and it's one of those things that you know, living in Chicagoland, the big custom scene wasn't really that popular. We had a few custom guys out here, but you know, for me as being a young kid, you know, I we didn't have social media back then. We read magazines and books and all that stuff, but I remember reading about these guys. George Barris, Gene Winfield, in these pocket-sized magazines, showing how to French headlights and taillights. Well, we didn't have 54 Mercury headlight rings, so I remember Frenching my headlights in my first car. I was 17-year-old. I had a 51 Buick, and I learned how to French the headlights with a Folgers coffee can. <laughs> you guys know Folgers coffee cans are about seven inches round. Right. So, so here I am, sheet metal screwing the headlight buckets, which Folgers <laughs> coffee cans, and mixing Bondo up. I was <laughs> proud of my first set of French headlights back in the day. I was the biggest, I was a cat's meow bag then. You know, like, <laughs> you got these guys in Chicago learning how to sling lead and, and doing all this fabrication, but here I was the kid, backyard garage kid, learning how to f mix Bondo with Folgers Coffee Can. But you know what? I was so proud of myself and French headlights <laughs> from the magazine. So, man, at um, 17, I think you said a 51 Buick? Yes, I was in high school actually still when I got it. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a long story short. You guys are going to love this story. Everybody out in the whole wide world is going to love this story. So I remember buying this 51 Buick. I had just turned 17 years old. Now, you got to remember, 1980, everybody's driving Camaros and Chevelles and Novas and muscle cars. It was popular back in the day, you know. But after watching American Graffiti as a 14 year old kid, oh. I wanted to live that movie. That's. And and you have, dude. I, I honestly, I really have. You, you know, have. I got back in the day. I was racing BMX. I was skateboarding and stuff in the Chicagoland area. You know, so watching this movie, I'm like, oh my god! I, I fell in love with Milner's Coupe. I fell in love with the '55 Chevy Fafo I was driving. But when the Pharaohs came out, I'm like, I, I'm not, I got to remember now. Back in the day, I didn't remember. I don't even know what a '50 Mercury was or '51 Mercury, whatever the movie was. Yeah. But I saw this car with a low top. And I'm like, oh, my God. And all these guys were wearing matching club jackets. And they were driving around in the car with the angel fur hanging from the, the headliner and a package tray. And I'm like, I want to be those guys. Yeah. I live that culture. I wanted to go into a, a an arcade and pound on a freaking jukebox or, jukebox or whatever, pinball machine and 
get my money back so I can keep playing pinball. But <laughs> those guys, Bo Hopkins and all those guys, I, li- I live the culture of those. When I got into high school, a 16-year-old kid, I wore a leather jacket at 95 degree with Chicago weather. <laughs> Yes. High school, seventeen, and you're like, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm a greaser. I'm yes. doing this. I'm, I'm driving tail draggers. Like, were you the, were you the only one? I actually had a couple of guys that went to school with me. We're, we were, there were four of us that were the greasers in the school. You know, back in the day, you had the freaks, the, the jocks, and all that stuff. But we were the greasers. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember every Friday night, my greaser friends didn't have cars. I was the only one that had a '51 Buick. So we would hop in my car on a Friday night. We go to the we go to the arcades. We go to the bowling alleys, and we walk down. We go to malls. You guys remember malls, right? Yeah, yeah. Dude. We would walk through the malls, the four of us, with our leather jackets on, <laughs> with our collars up, in the middle of summertime, walking through the malls. We were freaking awesome. We were the cats me out. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I was like, I wanted to do this more, you know. So. And I remember, I remember, you know, we couldn't afford stereos in our cars and stuff like that. And I can remember, I was the only one that had an old car back in the day. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any stereo or any radio in the car. You know, it was AM and stuff. So I remember pulling my cassette player. Now, you got to remember, that was the cassette player. You put a cassette on the top of the thing. And you oh put the batteries God. in it. And you played Stray Cats. You played Robert Gordon. You played Gene Vincent, Eddie Cochran, and all those we, we for all all night we listened to stereo and I had I remember my glove my glove box we had about fifteen batteries in the glove box so every time we ran out of batteries we'd pull, over. <laughs> pull over pull over pull over <laughs> exactly and then back in the day I remember now we could drive around for three four hours on five dollars worth of gas back in the day oh my gosh well man like guys you have a dollar I have a dollar you guys got a dollar let's go to the gas station pump you know fill up the tank with gas and we drive for another four hours wow that was my that was my days now you gotta remember we, there was just a few of us in the midwest here that were the, the, the greaser culture you know and the whole rockabilly scene came out in early 80s and stray cats I, I was stray cats is my all-time favorite band ever there you go. but We'd drive around. We'd listen to all this music every night, every Friday, Saturday night. I, we couldn't go cruising enough, you know. It's like as soon as I got out of school, it's like you know, I need to cruise seven days a week, mm-hmm. and that's how I lived, you know. That was that was my culture. Now you got to remember, we didn't have we had street runners, we had muscle car guys, but you know what? I'm gonna live this '50s culture to the day I die. I think that um, I, I want to almost say like, dude, you've you've done so much and like really like at a disadvantage in a way because you know larry's out in the midwest he's in chicago he's got weather against him he can't do everything he wants to do you know but he's he's convicted (laughs) like he's determined he's gonna do what he's gonna do and build these cars and you know the guys on the west coast like they've got everything at their disposal they got all the shows it's a big uh uh, it's a bigger scene you know um there's a lot of uh, like car build ideas that are coming from the West Coast, you know, but Larry's out there almost on an island on his own. I don't think there's very many people I can think of in your area other than you do that have like made a mark. And, you know, you've done so much being like on your own, so to speak, out there. Exactly. Now, I remember as a young kid, I'm, 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 I'm going to be like maybe 17, 18 year olds. I remember this guy. Now, I, I, was a, I was a bagger. So when I got out of high school, I would not have, actually, I'm ending the day of high school. I'd go and be a bagger at a grocery store called Jewel here in Chicago. And I remember driving my 51 Buick. And I remember this old timer. 
he had to be probably in his 80s back then. He drove a 1958 Chevy four-door sedan. I remember this thing was a rust bucket. <laughs> and he would, he would come up to me in the parking lot in the, uh, when I get out of, out of uh, you know, bagging groceries all day at the end of the evening. He'd come out and he's like, that's a really nice 51 Buick. And I'm like, oh, man, well, you have an Impala, not Impala, you know, 58 Chevy back then was American Graffiti. I always thought it was Impala. It was actually it was a Biscayne back then. It was a four door. Wow. So I remember this old man, like me and this guy had a conversation. He's like, if you ever want to learn how to sling lead or do lead work, I can help you out. And I'm thinking, I don't know what lead is. I don't know what it anything is. I remember this old man driving his car, his '58 Chevy, to the grocery store every other week to pick up groceries. And I'm like, man, this is good. this guy wants to show me something. I don't know. I didn't know what that was. I know. I remember. I'm still a new into this, so I remember reading his magazines. Remember, we had we had magazines. So I remember one day, I was, you know, you know, they call it facing shelves. I don't know if you guys ever heard of this. When you take cans and you face them forward on the shelves right. to take right. them, yeah. the labels. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I remember doing the magazine section. And all of a sudden, I saw, remember, this is about 19, I'm going to say 81. And I remember, all of a sudden, I saw this magazine on the shelf called Custom Cars. And it, it, I actually still have my four copies. It was only four copies that came out. And I remember seeing this magazine. And I think on the cover, there was like four Chop Mercury's on there. And I remember picking up this magazine. And, oh, my God, this, this is the cars I want to build. No, I still had a 51 Buick then, but I remember watching this, the, the, or reading this magazine and circling all the pictures of all these Mercury's that I wanted to have. One day I wanted to have a Mercury, you know. So I remember picking this magazine up and buying it for $2 back in the day. And again, I still have, it was only four issues that came out, but they were the coolest magazines ever. They were color. And I'm like, oh my God, look at these cars and the colors on them. I was like, this is like sled heaven here, you know? It's like, I want to live that. And I'm like, oh my God, look, there's actually magazines for, their modern day magazines were custom cars, you know? And don't get me wrong, I got thousands and thousands of magazines. But I follow these magazines. I read these magazines so the covers are falling off them. And I still have them, believe it or not. <laughs> believe awesome. it or not. Awesome. Super cool. <laughs> hey, so you were, you were, that's what you were doing for work was facing the shelves. Yes. That was my first like real job. And I was still in high school then, you know? So w when did you get into doing cars for customers? Okay. So back then I built this car called the voodoo man. It was a 52 Oldsmobile. So I built this car. Then one day, one day I got a, I got a phone call from a guy, uh, what was his name? It was Gino, no, it was Gino? No, it was Alan Mays. Mm. And he called me up. He's like, Larry, we have to, we have to film this car, man. We got to put this car in a magazine. And I'm like, Oh, magazine. No way. Like my car is going to be in a magazine. No, I, 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 you know, to this day, I still can't believe it. So the guy, he actually sent the photographer out. His name was Gennaro. He was out of Chicago. I think he actually uh, filmed like the horse magazine or something like that. So one day he sent them over to my house after I finished Voodoo Man to do this whole like feature on this car. He's like, this is going to be our premier issue. It's called Old School Rods. So I'm like, 
no freaking way. I'm like, holy crap, I'm, my car's in the magazine? Holy crap. And I'm like, no, I haven't had cars in like newspapers, like the local town newspapers and being in a parade and stuff. But my car is actually going to be in a magazine. And I remember we did the photo shoot and everything in front of my house and, and you know, driving around stuff in my car. And all of a sudden, like, you know, a couple months later, old school Roz issue number one came out. And I'm like, there's my freaking car in a magazine. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I, I couldn't sleep for like a month. I actually still had that first copy and I wore that sucker out. Did you sleep with same it? Same article. <laughs> you slept over. with it. At night, well, with I your pretty much did. I, I took that magazine everywhere. I took it to the bathroom. I took it in the shower. I actually took it to my job. And you know, my last real job, my last real job, I actually worked for Playboy magazine in 2002. Nice. I worked for them for six years. One day, I got in a bad car accident, and I'm like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta build cars. I, I, I gotta get out of these jobs working for people. I need to work for myself. So. After that magazine came out, and uh, you know, this is me thanking Ellen and Gino all these years for putting my stuff in a magazine. I thank them because after that magazine issue came out, I had about 13 people call me on my home phone. Remember, we didn't have cell phones then. Right. Call me on my home phone. I didn't know you chopped tops. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I did it on my own car. Okay, I did it on my own car. So it's my car. So they're like, would you do that for me? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know what to charge for this, you know? So I'm thinking, well, you know, I tell you what, I, I'll be happy to chop your top. Before you knew it, guys, I had 10 cars on my driveway. I was charging 800 bucks a chop a top. Oh. And, wow. and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I had all these cars on my driveway for 800 bucks. And one guy told me, he's like, he's like, Larry, I got to tell you something. You need to charge more than eight hundred bucks for a chop at top. Oh, yeah. You know, they would take me about a month per car. You yeah. say the labor involved in that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I was I was kinda I was kinda doing one of those uh things where you splice and dice a top to try to weld them back together because I didn't have any like the tooling and stuff like that. I actually did I did my Oldsmobile with a I think it was a Plymouth back window and all of this stuff, but I did it on my own. I had a couple friends help me out, and I lifting the top off and lifting it back on so I could finish it. I hard topped it and everything, but it's one of those things. I didn't have the base, the regular tooling. You know, I started out pounding sheet metal on the lawn with a ball peen hammer and a, on a tree stump. I didn't have a bead bag and an English wheel and all that stuff back then. So again, reading these early magazines, they kind of like I kind of like. I read these magazines like the back of my hand. That was the only thing I could learn from. But it's one of those things that, wow, there's actually tooling out there. But these guys actually started like I did. You know, I started with right. the Flintstone yes. tools. You know what I'm talking about, Flintstone tools, yeah. you know? Yeah. Which we all had. We all started there somewhere in our lives. So and here I'm thinking, like, you know, I need to get some better stuff. But I couldn't afford it. So I'm like, you know, let me do a couple more chops on these guys. Okay. So anyway, back to this thing. All these cars you know, parked on my street and in front of my house and everything. Remember, I was at, I was a home garage. So I remember one day this guy told me, he's like, Larry, he's like, I got to tell you something. He's like, I know you got all these cars waiting for a chop and everything, but you need to charge more money because these guys are get, are taking advantage of you. 800 bucks for, for you know a month or two months worth of work is nothing. And this old guy told me, I think maybe he was like 70-something, you know, and I'm like, you know what? 
maybe I need to do that. And as soon as I started telling the other guys, you know, maybe I got to charge more, man, I charge three grand. And all of a sudden they all like backed off. Like maybe I think I had like four guys actually stick with me, but you know what? I still chopped tops. Yeah. I chopped tops for Max father-in-law. I chopped tops for a lot of people. Is to this it... day, I was, 1990, I think I chopped about 120 cars. You know, in Chicago land area, in Chicago land area, you, you know, you're, we're, we're street riders here. There's muscle car guys here. There's not a lot of people in the lead sleds or hot rods. Now, now there is. Now the whole culture blew up. Now there's a lot of hot rods and customs. Like I said, I have a whole shop full of cars. Believe it or not, I only have two cars from Illinois in my shop right now. I have more cars from out of state than I do have in Chicago. Mm. That's wild. That's awesome. Hey, Larry. Make it, you know. Do you... Would you say that chopping tops is your your favorite thing to do? It, it, it actually, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. That is my my favorite thing to do. I love chopping tops. Everybody likes to style them chops because you know I taper them. You know. Mm-hmm. And but if I you my Hawaiian, my Mercury. If you chop tops point. every day, you'd never get boring, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I I want to take a chance to do right here to kind of. I don't want to slow Larry up, but I want to kind of say something and, and talk to him to this because no, he's yeah. he's mentioned the the magazine several times, and I know you guys will get tired yes. of me talking about this, but Larry, you know, I, I just I gotta I'm gonna ask you a couple questions, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say something Go first. It, you know, when my wife Charlie and I ended up getting and getting into these magazines, you know, it was like something yeah. where. We didn't know what was driving us per se at the time. We just knew it was something that we were supposed to do. And after having gotten involved with it and kind of realizing like where print media is and it becoming something that's kind of dying and the newsstand is shrinking and everything, we we come to realize that our purpose here with what we're doing is to really try to preserve the experience for guys like you or me or other car builders to have a platform to see their cars in print and you alluded to it. I mean, you said it great, dude, like, you know, these magazines, you still have them, you covet them, you hang on to them. It's not something that you ever get rid of, but man, like that experience dude of like seeing your car in print, it is like, I can't describe this to people. I try to, you know, but it's like the thing, dude, as a car builder to see your magazine in print, it's like you made it. It's it. It is it. Yeah. You, you know, you are on top. Like that is like the coup de Exactly. Like you You're like made. the top of the world. When, right. you see yeah. your, when you see your car in, in print, I'm not talking about online crap. I'm talking no. about in freaking magazines. You can keep reading it over and over again. Exactly. You, you lay it out. It's flat. Wherever it's on go. the table. It's tangible. You touch it. You feel it. You save it exactly. forever. It's, in that experience, do you like you, you started to talk about it, but like how important is that in your memory bank, like your world, dude? Like how awesome was it for you to see your car in print, yeah. dude? That was that was like like I said, like, like I say cats meow. Everywhere I go I took my magazine with me. Yeah. I, <laughs> airplane, I love that. And, and and like I said, in the bathroom and, and whatever, I took that magazine with me. It was it was rolled up in my luggage, it was rolled up in my back pocket. I couldn't wait to go to car shows to show people, lay that magazine on the hood of my 52 Oldsmobile and say, look at that. Yeah. I had a freaking car. My car that I built on my own in my, with my own two hands with no help from anybody is on in a magazine. And I'm like, holy crap. And it's like everybody, I go to shows, I'm like, no way. You, that, that's you doing that? I'm like, yeah. And all of a sudden, there's so many people starting to buy this magazine. I'm like, that's what it's about. You need to keep it going. Modern technology now it kind of kills everything. 
Exactly. It's, it's so anticlimactic, you know, be, being online and stuff that we always say that you can turn your computer off and just, you're done. Just not But the you same. got that yeah. magazine. And like those original exactly. four magazines that you were talking about, as a car builder, those are like things that should be equivalent to being like the Library of Congress or in the Smithsonian because yeah. you didn't, that's how you got your Dude, it's info. Like, it's like if you're in the movies, like exactly. winning an Oscar. You that's know? exactly, there you go. That's even a better analogy. So, I, just, I, I love it. So, you know? so Larry was uh, featured in the very first issue, and I think that's 2003. That's so and, awesome. Uh, <laughs> you know, I know he's had Jesse two. James, I was like, holy crap, I'm in a magazine with Jesse James's corner. Holy crap. That was, <laughs> like, had... that was like the biggest thing for me. I'm like, I remember reading this about this guy or watching him on TV on Monster Garage, you know? I was like, <laughs> right. yeah. there's my old movie, Voodoo, uh, I think it was called Voodoo Billy, man. But you know what? It's one of those things that, or it was Voodoo Billy Kingpin, actually. If they came man. up with this, I think actually Alan came up with this. Like, we got to call it Voodoo Billy Kingpin. I'm like, okay, it's kind of cool. You know, I had a ring to it. You know? <laughs> so, and there's a lot of YouTube videos. Did you watch Rise with Chuck videos that make the cars and videos and stuff too? <laughs> but you know what? That that magazine, and again, I still have my copy. Actually, I have about six copies of it because when it came out, I was like, I bought so many. And then all of a sudden, I bought so many of them. And people are like, well, I couldn't find it anywhere. So they were like, <laughs> an extra copy. I go to car shows and I bring I actually go find them. I go to like 7-Elevens and White Hen Pantries and Jewels. These are like grocery stores and convenience stores that had them. I'd buy so many. I would be giving them out to my friends. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I was like, I got phone calls. Oh, that's so cool. That was an awesome article and all this shit. I was, I was proud. I was like one of those guys. I'm like, I never expected. Now, I remember growing up as a kid, you were reading these pocket size. You were the black and whites, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember. Like I said, I remember reading all these magazines. I have hundreds of them, but I remember that's how I customized my cars by reading these articles. Yeah, you know, Jim Minfield would show you how to front and side headlights. George Barris said how to show you how to chop a top or mounting lake pipes or you know, or sorry, lakes pipes or uh, spotlights. They would show you how to build a car on top. And I was like, I followed these. I read these magazines. I still have them all. I still have every magazine that I ever collected since the day one. That is so amazing. So awesome. You know, especially in this day and age, we try and tell, yeah. you know, these kids these days, they don't get it. We're trying to get it. We're trying to keep it out there. Our big mantra is keep print media alive. You know, mm-hmm. keep it alive. Exactly. I want some young kid who can, who hears this, that turns around and goes, man, I'm going to try building a car. You know, I'm going to try to do this myself. And someday somebody's going to say, hey, man, I want to take a picture of this and see if we can put it in a newspaper. Like you said, your first one's at a parade. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're going, man, yeah. a guy knocks on your door or phones go, hey, we want to feature your car in a magazine. I want this kid to absolutely blow up, you know, like bursting with fruit flavor, like going, man, <laughs> here we are. Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So now I, I don't know if you guys know, but I do a lot of chop classes now. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get these kids off their cell phones or video games and stuff yes. like that. Yes. So, I actually have been doing quite a few chop classes around the Midwest now. So, and I'm going to thank one of my brothers, Chad Strop, Lucky Tramp Customs. He's brought me down for my second chop class that I did. And he actually had this young kid in his class. Him, it was him and his father. This kid, I showed, I showed this kid how to like tack weld and, and use like, you know, Clicos and stuff like that. This kid was so amazed. He's like, he was like proud. Mm-hmm. And his father was proud of him too. And I'm like, these kids need to get off social media and they need to go and fabricate stuff. They need, they need to make stuff from nothing. 
because that's what I started with. I made stuff from nothing. I don't care if I I didn't know how to weld back then, but I sheet metal screwed. I used pop rivets and all that stuff. They they need to do that. And the only thing I can think of is again back to the whole magazine, the paperbacks and stuff like this. They they wasn't track of that. So because everything is social media now, they need to go back to those days when I started to read the early stuff. Yeah. I don't care if nineties. I don't care if it's I don't care if it's two thousands. They need to go back and read magazines because there's a lot of tech stuff in these magazines, yeah. you know, yeah. that they're forgetting about, you know. Yep, the tech is so important. So important. Uh, totally, totally is. So, um, okay, so we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. And we're oh, going to come back. We're going to talk to Larry. I want to talk to Larry about the, the past, the future, and I want to talk more about how to get kids into hot rotting. So, mm-hmm. All right, guys, we, as Murpho just called it, man, we're going to take a quick break. This is Custom Culture Rodcast, brought to you by Old School Rods and Car Culture Deluxe Magazine. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all, this is Double Deuce, the voice of Custom Culture Rodcast. Do your part to keep print media alive. Head on over to murphospublishing.com. You can subscribe to both magazines, Car Culture Deluxe and Old School Rods. Do your part, as everyone should. Keep print media alive. Subscribe today. If any of you out there are interested in or inquiring about sponsorship or advertising on the Custom Culture Rodcast, contact Art at MurphosPublishing.com. Do your part. Help keep print media alive. Subscribe to our Custom Culture Rodcast. Hit the five-star button. We need your support. We are back here with on episode eight with Voodoo Larry from Voodoo Larry Customs out of Elk Grove, Illinois. And we've been talking here with Murpho and the real Mrs. Murphy, Charlie Murphy. Hello, hello. Hey, man. Larry, I wanted to, to just bring this out right quick. I know you have a million cars out there and they're really rad, but the one, well, I mean, I say one, you have a ton of them, but this one, I was just saying, it's not <laughs> even on another right? level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's on another planet, the Voodoo Sierra. That car yeah. and the doors and the look of it. And anybody who's out there when you hear this, you know, if you don't have the magazine, Google this. Because in Google, Voodoo Larry Customs. But this car, the doors, you're just going to look and go, how is that even possible? <laughs> I mean, the thing, well, tell, tell us about that car, brother. It's one of those things that, it's one of those things that you know, I, again, I fell in love with the Golden Sahara that George built back in, or I'm talking Barris, back in 1953. Out of his wrecked 53 Lincoln Capri. It was a two-door car, actually. So of all these years, and I remember seeing pictures of this car. Actually, it, w- it was actually on these cards. It was like a card, like, almost like a baseball card. And I remember seeing this card. I'm like, what kind of car is that? That is so <laughs> freaking cool. And it was like, and it wasn't like one of those cars. It was like a George Jessamobile. Right. You know, as being a young kid watching, you know, seeing this car 40 years ago, I'm like, Wow, that is so cool. And all these years later, it stuck with me. And I'm like, and I remember seeing pictures of it. No, no, when social media came out, now I'm starting to see more pictures of this car. Uh, a guy named Jim Street, which is Jim Skonzak's, had George Barris built Gold Zara 1 back in 1953. Oh. But then 1958 came around, I'm like, now this car got twin tail fins, had a bubble top, and had all this gold stuff. I wasn't into the gold stuff. I'm not gold, but I'm like, you know what? I got to build this car one of these days. 
So <laughs> one of those things is like, I, I got this, the Kaiser and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta build something out of this thing. I was like, I have to build this car. It's one of those things that this car is calling my name. Now all of a sudden I built the car. I spent 13 months building, doing all the metal fabrication on it. And then as soon as I got the car done, you know, uh, Matt Murray out of uh, uh, Kansas actually did a body and paint on it. And he did a great job. But as soon as I got the car done, all of a sudden the original car came out of the woodwork. It was oh. it was buried in the guy's garage for 48 years of his life. And he passed away. So then all of a sudden Meekum Auction uh, got a hold of it and went through Meekum. And so I'm going to make a long story short. A guy named Larry Claremont contacted me. He's like... I noticed you've built a, a the the Voodoo Sahara. He's like, would you be interested in restoring the car? I'm oh, like, no oh, way. Whoa, whoa. I said, no freaking way. So he's like, we, me and him were talking for you know quite a few weeks, and I gave him a quote on doing this stuff. He's like, he's like, awesome. I want you to start on it. And then I started on it, and then there were so many other people. They underbid me because I think there was pretty much the shops that wanted to do it for almost next to nothing. Right. So. I'm happy to say that I actually got to work on the real car. I actually did some English wheel work on the fender skirts and I started restoring the car. So that was my like highlight of my life. And ever since, ever since then, it's like, you know, I love the car and everything. They, whoever, whatever shop that did the work on did a phenomenal job to me, the light up tires made out of freaking polyurethane. They to kill the car from my, you know, back in the day it was fiber optics that, you know, they were wrapped around the tires to make it look like they glowed. But these color changing tires nowadays, that, that kind of killed it. They did a great job on the car. They're like the actual gold trim and everything. Awesome job. So anyway, he, he actually, after, after I found out about it, he actually contacted me. Would you be interested in displaying your Voodoo's hair with the Golden's hair? I'm like, no way. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, again, you know, catch me on. I was like, oh, my God, I, I get to bring my car to the museum and display it in the museum. So I was there for, you know, a couple of months and stuff. But I had to take my car because I was doing traveling. Right, right now, I'm, right now the car is actually out in California. Right now, I was supposed to do a whole West Coast tour. And then when the whole Corona thing started, that it kind of it, it put things off. I was on, I was at the uh, Grand National, as Murph knows. So I, we did an interview there with it. It was a big hit. I was honored to have it there. I've never had, I've been to Grand National quite a few times from Chicago here, but to have a car there, that was like, you were in heaven. <laughs> so, and, and everybody just loved the car. I was like, I was honored to have it there, you know, and God rest Tony Wood, you know, it was in his spot and God rest Tony. You know, I love the guy. He was a good friend of mine and you know he passed and everything yeah. so my car went in his spot and it took a lot to get that car in there mm -hmm. so it was really cool to actually have it across from uh Barris's booth which i think joji i think was a joji i don't i don't remember who did the booth but they built this really cool version of it like a pedal car version of the golden sarah and it was displayed there right across from my car and it was like awesome like here i am in building number five at grand national in my freaking cars there and i'm like crap who who gets that in their lifetime you know dude and yeah I, the, and the car was like front and center dude so i'm telling you like he walked in this really hall nice charlie oh. charlie yeah, saw it, it and beautiful. it was just like just <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like this glow you it's know, a good thing i wasn't there i'd still be there I can't wait to see the it we did, man we talked oh, for hours oh, there you know okay so let me tell you larry uh, 
you and I, next time that car is in California, wherever it is, I'm coming to find you so that we can talk again, because I got to tell you, man, something about our world and our scene, things don't always pan out, you know, uh, in my, in my case, I'll tell you that somehow I'm fairly controversial and, uh, I I have a tendency to have this little or a lot, uh, this little (laughs) boat that's like tagging behind me all the time. And it's called, it's called drama. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, so, so dude, uh, the guy that was working with me that shot that video bounced on me during COVID and the, uh, I want to, I'm going to hold my tongue here, but (laughs) he, uh, he bounced with all my content. So Man, oh, yeah, dude. Sucks, dude, and that was an interview. Like, oh, I was like juiced, was juiced, awesome. I was juiced on this interview well, let, with Larry. Let's redo this thing, man. Uh, well, this let's really and do this over. Really didn't deserve um, the platform, I guess. Yeah, of Voodoo Larry. Anyways, yeah, so he's yeah. not worthy of it. So. Uh, so I'm gonna say fuck, but I'm not going to. But <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, Larry, no man, problem, man, I'm there with you, bro. <laughs> next time, next time we cross paths and the Sahara is there, it's on, dude. I want to. Well, next time I see you, bro, and we get a chance to be in front of the camera, we're doing it. Like I'm gonna re- reshoot some stuff because it was it was real good, and I want it for our platform. So, anyway, that's that's kind well, of a bummer. Well, it's supposed but... to be at a show on the 19th of June out there. Okay. I'm actually coming out there. I, I don't remember. I, you know, I hung out with Penny, and she's actually going to be at the show, and. Uh, my buddy Alfredo, that's actually the car's at his place. He actually, we're going to show it there. I'm going to come out and we're going to display it there. And then I think uh, it's going to be a uh, penny show, uh, San Maria. We're going to be there. We're going to be there. We're going to be there. We can always do an interview again there. We're all going to be there. So that sounds great. I'm excited, man. I, it's like, it's so, uh, so much of an honor just to have the car out there, even though it's been sitting in a garage for a year and a half. No, that's yeah, amazing, dude. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see it again. Deuce, you're going to be with us and you're going to love this oh, car, dude. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. It'd be a good time. So, and not to get off tangent, Larry, but like when I talk yeah. to you about like kind of like what it's like to be in the world and have some like drama surround you or chase after <laughs> you and be controversial, that's something you can kind of relate to, huh? <laughs> well, drama rep revolves around my world, you know, being a C, uh, you know, customizer of the Midwest here. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you guys, and everybody out there is going to hate. They're, they're, everybody has haters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have people that don't like my stuff, which is fine. I understand that. That's fine. And I, you know, I get a lot of feedback on it and stuff. But if you don't like my stuff, whatever. I, I I'm getting to the point. You know, I, I'm almost sixty here, so it's like one of those things that I, I, I don't care. You know, I'm getting to the point. You know, like if you don't like my cars, whatever. If you want to leave feedback, whatever. I just have to sit back and laugh at it. It's one of those things that <laughs> I don't need it in my life anymore. You know, it's like let's just build cool stuff. Right. And get it on in the in the public mm-hmm. and cruise. It's all about cruising. Back in the day I couldn't wait to hop out in, in my car on a Friday night and just drive until like three o'clock in the morning when the fog is out, you know, hitting raccoons in the middle of the road at you know the car that to set two inches off the ground. It's one of those things that I couldn't wait to cruise and listen to my rockabilly. And, and that's so so dude, like I, I, I hear you and I'm gonna tell you that uh, I believe that the reason that somebody like a voodoo Larry gets people who have animosity and he becomes a target like that is because he's successful yeah. and it's because mm-hmm. he can build cool shit that other people can't do. Right. He can do what he vision. wants to do. They don't right. have the creativity. 
And like I say, dude, all the time, like, look, you can talk on me or do whatever. But at the end of the day, I just want to build cool shit. And I think that the cars do all the talking. And when Larry, somebody like Larry, Larry puts a car out, dude, that car speaks to people and it shuts their shit down. Mm -hmm. So kudos to you, bro. I'm I'm super happy that um, that you are voodoo Larry and that you exist in our (laughs) world, man. Um, So. Thank you so much, guys. It means it means the world to me. You know, it, it honestly, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for custom cars. You know, I grew up as a kid. And I didn't want I didn't want a Nova. I didn't want a Chevelle. I wanted to drive a '50s car around, and that's you know to this day. You know, don't get me wrong. I built hot rods and stuff too, but I'm a tail dragging lead sledder. Yes, and that's what I've been from day one. You know? Customs. Okay. Exactly. So, so there's a couple of things I want to try and talk about here. Um, you know, it's kind of like we're in an interesting time, man, because a lot of the guys that uh, you or I, you know, we would look up to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as inspirations and influences, yeah, the, legends. the legends, like, you know, we're, we're in a transition period. And, um, you know, it's people that are in, in your, you in particular, <clears throat> but, you know, your age group and then a bit younger is sort of the next wave right. of guys that are going to kind of take the... Um, the rain, so to speak, is being the ones who are looked up yeah. to and remembered. And man, you got a lot of cars people are gonna remember for a long time, bro. Mm-hmm. Like like right. when when you're gone, dude, your your exactly. your legend, your your mark in hot rodding, your mark in custom car building is gonna be something that's gonna be there forever. It's, and yeah, it's just like you know, yeah, people, people like, like us right. are trying to publish and and keep it relevant so it'll be there forever. Right. But one of the things that I am hyper focused on these days man is like how is it that the old guys um and i'm not picking on them you know but these old guys have all the iron you know like they've got all the cars and and they're almost like a lot of them are like hoarders you know they got cars (laughs) they're not going to build they got cars that they're gonna oh yeah totally be passed on and and, and, you know these cats you know some of them got like you know 50 cars more you know (laughs) whatever and i'm thinking you know what's going on is that there's kids out there that we were talking about before that are busy sitting on social media they're they're gaming they're doing stuff indoors they're not like you know guys that are going out in the yard and figuring how to just build shit they're they're just kind of in this mode and I think about the future and I think about how it's going to be that we are able to take our <clears throat> world, you know, and transfer it and the interest over to these young kids because, you know, there's not a lot of dudes out there like, hey, I'm going to give my grandson my 32 Roadster, you know, yeah. like this is not happening, right. you know, but but like we're remiss, dude, because we need to get young kids inspired and we need to get them to learn and have interest in what we do. Um and I know that, that, that Larry, like, like I, I know that you, and I've gotten to meet Chad. Okay. Let's talk about Chad for a second. Like yeah. I, I got to know Chad very recently. We started to talk about doing some stuff with the magazine and I know that you've taken him under your wing and this kid is like such a good heart, like such a good yeah. head on his shoulders. Like he's a really good kid. And I want to tell you first, you know, thank you, man. Like what you're doing, paying mm-hmm. it forward, working with somebody like Chad. And we're talking about Lucky Tramp Customs in Florida. Yeah. Um, who yeah. we're doing a highlight on right now, like, dude, that's awesome, man. Like, but, but tell me, dude, like, what do you think is, if it comes to mind, like, how do we get young kids like to have interest in what we do? I'm going to put it out here. Just, you know, me, me being in the Midwest, there is no early iron around here. The kids around here are into 
uh, what do they call them, tuner cars, you know, Mitsubishi's. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the problem is, okay, don't get me wrong now. you got to remember, back in the 50s and 40s and stuff, taking a, almost a new car and customizing it, you got to think about think about it, what's going on today. They're taking almost a new car and they're customizing it. I don't care what they put a, a I call them fart cans. You know, <laughs> whatever. But these guys are putting turbos in them. They're putting these wings on there and flares in the front and stuff like that. So these guys are basically doing what the early guys did back in the 40s and 50s and 60s, modifying their cars. Yeah. Of course, nowadays, having a car is very expensive, even if you have early iron. Yeah. You remember, I'm building I'm building 11 cars in the shop here, so, you know, these cars are early iron for these guys, but they're, they're, they cost a lot more money nowadays, you know, uh, yeah. for mm-hmm. fabrication time, chopping tops, or building chassis and stuff like that, doing air ride and stuff. These guys, these kids nowadays are on a budget. You know, it, they'll be lucky if they have a job working, you know, selling shoes or working at a grocery store or mm-hmm. something like that. So I myself, that's why I'm trying to do these chop classes, and I'm trying to get some of these younger kids to come to these classes, you know. And and, and the host, you know, like let's say Chad or whatever, I'm trying to have them invite younger people, even if they come with their dads, you know, if they come with their dads. Like like I said, the, the one father and son that came down to Florida, and they, I taught the kid how to use Clecos and stuff. He was so amazed. He was like, oh, my God, that was so cool that <laughs> I actually got the tack weld and stuff like that. thing is, they need more hands-on. They yeah, do. They do. It's, well, well, it's you like know, what you were saying, too, about the old the older cars and the iron of these other guys. They have cars that are sitting there. These guys have had for 40, 50 well, years. They have no intention so, to build it. So in Larry, Larry, Larry's kind of hinted at already. You know, the reason that the kids are out there doing these modern cars and they're doing the, the tuners and the rice rockets or whatever with their fart cans yes. is because <laughs> they can afford to get into that world. Right. Mm-hmm. But because the old right. cats are sitting on all the cars, they become scarcer, even though, you know, maybe they're out they're there. Expensive. But it's the, it's the money, yeah, you know, like expensive. young kids can't see how to get into doing a car. I mean, you can't hardly find a 32 or something. It's not like a hundred grand yeah, or that, that's a Mercury that's worth 50. And, he, and even when you know, sitting in a, in a barn for 50 years, that's all rusted out. A guy turns around and goes, well, what will you take the car? Right. How about a thousand bucks with a bag of cheeseburger? He goes, no, no man, you got to give me 25 grand in your, in your gold teeth yep. and your first baby yeah. and all this. We shit. were at the Starbird um, car show a couple weekends ago and it was Gordy, right? Yep. Uh, he was sitting on a, a famous car and he won't even rebuild it him own self and won't give it to anybody else to rebuild this famous car. And Gordy, we love you, by the way. Yeah, we love him. And I looked at him and I was like, that's so rude. Like, do you know what, you know, like what, yeah, but what you can't, do you just, yeah. you just can't take a car like that and hand it to it's, it's a well, crazy. No, switch, I know but, that, but still yeah. he, he's an amazing car builder and he's not even doing anything with it, but he's not even let, allowing anybody else a chance. Either, so, so, so that's the thing that concerns <laughs> me. And, you know, um, hot rodding is almost kind of protected, right? Like you think about, you know, and don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't mean to interfere here, but no. it, don't get me wrong. I have always wanted to own a bearish car. Yeah. I always wanted to own a Winfield car. I came close to owning a, you know, a Winfield car, and I almost came close back in 1995 owning the Grecian, the Bears build. <laughs> but it's one of those things that, you know, they went, you know, 50 grand back then mm. for a car that's what was probably was worth about 10 grand because it was rotted out and it was somebody painted it pink and everything. But it was one of those things that I wanted to have that car. As being, you know, a kid in, in his 20s or 30s to have a, a an iconic custom car 
these kids don't even know what the iconic custom car is if they it bit them in their ass. <laughs> it's one of those things, and, and you know, you got to. You know, no, I, I yeah. notice it when we drive our car around. When Murph takes our car out and we're driving around, yeah. and kids see it, they're like, "What is that?" You can see it all yeah. over their faces. They just they, stop. They get the flying saucer. Yeah, exactly. They the flying <laughs> they're saucer. like, "Cool car." You, know, <laughs> you guys see my new Chevy? I built the Phantom. Yes. I'm actually redoing it right now. It's getting repainted. Um, that car, I, I will drive that to my shop. And I'm 10 miles from my house to my shop. I will drive down. I actually, when I brought it here to the shop to do some fabrication on it, I think I there must have been 35 people in 10-mile range having their cell phones out their windows. Now, it was cold out, so remember, in Chicago, it's actually still cold out now. But it's one of those things that, that I, I've never seen so many cell phones outside a car door or a window shooting the cars that's driving by mm-hmm. they're like what is that yeah so they yeah. they, they take interest know it no but they take interest they want to know they just they they don't have the lot. exposure you just mm-hmm. said they want to know so, it needs yes. to be more car shows so, it sounds like so I'm you guys, know, now. So, you guys gotta remember now we have a lot of foreigners in our country i'm talking about from countries that don't even know what american culture is so when these people look at this car it's like what is that a car with a low top and sitting real low to the ground. There's no wheels. In the, they only, how do you drive over railroad tracks with that? Well, it's fender skirts underneath the tire. The tire's under there. I remember going to so many shows. I have full fender skirts, bubble skirts, and cruiser skirts. They'd be like, how do you go over railroad tracks with that? With the well, gas no, there's tires under there. Yeah. I remember one day I was joking around with this lady. She was very adamant. She's like, that car is sitting on blocks under there. I said, no, ma'am. I says, when you guys go leave to go home, I put the skateboards underneath it and I wrote it on my car. <laughs> they laughed. She, she's like, no, you put skateboards under there to move that car around? I'm like, yeah, I do. How am I going to get it from show to show? Oh I, just, I was joking around. You have to, sometimes you do have to be fun. You have to play fun with these oh, people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those are asking stupid questions, you know. But I'm going to tell you, there's actually a a few kids out there that really are into this stuff. They're, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're into like, I think they're more into horsepower than anything, but it's one of those things that they will ask questions. Yeah. They're like, what are you driving? What, do you, what is your drive train? Do you have, are you running a Mustang tour or your Camaro subframe in there? They'll ask questions. And those are the kids that are true to heart that like, Oh, that's a Mustang 200. I know I could put one of those under my, my you know 50 chevy you know so it's one of the things there's there's very certain kids out there they they will learn how to do this stuff you know yeah yeah we need we need those kids uh exactly hopefully it's the case as we are doing all this and working on these magazines and prints and everything you know we're doing stuff like this right like podcast social media digital like maybe we can do something with the magazine when it's digital so that um you know it gets more exposure to these kids but man we're all going to do our part in Man, Larry, I, I just think that it's uh, awesome that you're out there. Um, like I, I do have to say, though, bro, I do have to say this is my first podcast ever. Nice. I've had like seven <laughs> or eight people want to do podcasts with me, but I'm like, what the heck is a podcast? Yes. Like, hey, you know what's I've cool done, about this? Don't get me wrong. I've done interviews over a telephone for like DJs like uh, yeah. you know, at, a, at a radio station and stuff like that. I've done quite a few, but 
what is a podcast? I'm trying to figure out what is that? So even yeah, he's like, you got, you got, you guys have, you guys have a conversation and here we are talking right now, you know? Yeah. We're just, we're just <laughs> some, some cats talking. Larry, you were on the, you were on the very first cover of old school rods magazine. Now you're featured. In the no, first. no, Fe- actually, featured. I'm sorry. Just... Featured in the first old school rods. And now you're on old school rods and the... car culture Lux podcast. That's yes. Yes. Yeah. That was, that's, that's pretty bitch. And I do have to say, so, so we have to say though, in issue number seven, I built a car called the Voodoo Diablo. I don't know if you guys remember it. And I was actually the first guy. Now, don't get me wrong. There's pinups all over galore, all over all old school with CK Deluxe. But I was the first guy to be on the cover with my car as a full cover. And there's Sabina Kelly in the lower corner. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> the buck out. And I'm like, dude, no I'm not, that car, my car came out and here I am. This car I built, that was the last car I built in my garage next to the Voodoo Creeper. That was the last car I built in my garage. And I remember, you know, General came over to film it, and he did an awesome job. But if you, I don't know if you guys seen it, but the magazine came out, and here I am, and my kneeling down next to the car. It was my, my car was three foot tall. It was, a, you know, I hate using that term rat rod, but back then it, they considered it as rat rod because they had a rusty patina to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was one of the most well built cars, hot rod wise. It was one of the well, most well built cars, but. There I am on the freaking cover. It was like issue number seven. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, no, I, I, I of course I have it. That. That's yeah. a twenty-eight dollars. Yeah, I have all of them. <laughs> yeah, have all of them. And that was honored. I was like, holy crap! I'm like, oh my god, that was awesome. You know, and, and the magazine, and I still have them all. I've been in, like I said, I've been, in, I've been in them since day one, and I, I still follow. You know, it's one of those things that having time to sit down. I'm running nonstop. I, I, honestly, I'd be lucky if I get three hours of sleep a night. But that's <laughs> sounding my life. like Deuce over here. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Well, you, okay, you all know Mr. Winfield. Yep. Yeah. I, he's my. He's been my friend for 39 years of my life, and I look at Mr. Gene, and he that guy could probably still run circles around my ass at four. Yeah, 94 <laughs> years. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm. I'll be 57 this year, but it's one of those things that. I look up to that guy. That guy, I, I'm going to tell you guys, if we could sit here and talk for three more weeks of my life, I would tell you a lot of stories because I got to meet everybody in the whole custom culture. I was the young kid here in Chicago that got into this stuff on my own. I didn't have no teachers show me. I never went to school for it. I learned everything in my driveway. Now, I didn't remember. I didn't have a garage. I actually did everything in a driveway because mom went wouldn't let me park my car in the garage because she had to put her Cadillac in there. <laughs> yeah. So we need to get you on another another podcast, man. We have to be another episode. <laughs> if you guys want to, I, I'm telling you, man, I can tell you some stories, would, man. I, would, you got to remember. Love I, customizing cars in Cicero, downtown, halfway between here and downtown Chicago, with my buddies, uh, Venardi's family, showing me how to, you know, shave door handles and stuff. Again, I was a young kid. I didn't even know what shave door. I read about in magazines, but I didn't know how to shave a door handle, you know? Man. Between that, my pinstriping and all this, like band playing and stuff, it'd be a many more conversations we'll have. Absolutely. Well, and I can definitely, definitely relate to Larry talking about not having been on a podcast and what is it. Man, I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> I'm gonna confess this. I probably shouldn't, but I hadn't listened to a podcast before we created the Custom Culture Rodcast, <laughs> and here we are. It's been it's been a lot of fun though, dude. So well, what the um, hell is a podcast, man? Right. Who does that, man? Who does that? <laughs> what is it? 
So so look, man, no, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take you up on that. We're gonna extend the invitation. Mm-hmm. We would love to have you back on. Keep in touch, bro. And, and, Keep in touch. And man. talk talk more more car talk and hear more Very stories. Sure. So, um, hey, yeah, Larry, just, if people want to yeah. get in contact with you or they want to see all your stuff or whatever, what what venues do you have? What social media? What websites? Well, give, give us the whole Instagram. skinny. Of course, Instagram. Okay. Voodoo Larry Customs with two S's on the end. On Facebook, I'm Voodoo Larry Customs on, you know, my, that's my shop page on Instagram. I mean, I'm sorry, Facebook. Okay. So that's my two, like, biggest things that, that social media-wise, you know. You can Google Voodoo Larry. There's a lot of, there's some YouTube videos, and there's a lot of stuff, you know, pictures and stuff like that. But mostly Instagram is, like, a big thing nowadays, I guess. I don't know what the, everybody's like this. I don't know what the, the TikTok thing is or whatever. Mm. Neither you know, do I, but I have one. <laughs> oh, you do? I do, but I, I don't, don't know. I mean, I get on there. Like videos or something I feel like so that? I old know. on it. I'm like, what is this? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you feel old. <laughs> no, like teeny bopper stuff. It was like teeny boppers, right? Yes. <laughs> there's, there's no pull string to get this yeah, started. I, don't know I really don't understand it. And I know whatever I upload, so, they're probably like, oh, my God. How old is she? <laughs> so our... <laughs> If I got on there, I'd be like 95 years old. Oh, who's Voodoo Larry? Oh, that's one of those old guys, you know. Dude, so, so one of our one of our kids got me to do a TikTok. We just oh, did gosh. like this dance oh, thing, and you go like oh, whatever, yeah. and then she posted on the whatever. I think it was just a laugh at me. It was. <laughs> it it, it kind of was though. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's crazy. That's funny. <laughs> well, hey, Larry, media, I guess you know. It has been an absolute pleasure talking with you today, buddy, and and I appreciate you not just coming onto the broadcast, but. Yeah, Give, no giving us some, giving us your background, giving us some stories, letting these kids know out there, man, that they're not the only one. Just because you don't know how to do it doesn't mean you don't try to do it. You know what I mean? You give it a go. Yeah. You figure out what's going on. You know, and I and I love it. And we definitely hey, would love to have you back you on here. You don't have to have a pompadour. You don't have to wear a leather jacket. You don't have to have tattoos. Just build some cool shit. Just build some man. cool shit. That's be a lot cooler though if you did have all those. That's things. our next T-shirt. Just yeah, build hey, cool exactly. shit. <laughs> you got that one right. On, you nailed that right on the head. Yeah. I'm tell you right now, Bobby yep. tattoos and leather jackets and motorcycle boots with cuff jeans, five rings. Be much cooler if you did. And I didn't say bucking there. I didn't say you know. I just said bucking. So it's one of those things that live the culture. Yeah. You know, one of my, one of my biggest. But one I looked up to is Mr. Bo. And I'm going to tell you guys, I looked up to that guy. He would call me in my shop. We would talk for three hours. I think he really wanted like 9,000 pieces of my stuff hanging in my shop. Because I don't know how Bo was. He's like, oh, daddy He's like, check out. I, you, you want to get rid of those hubcaps? And I'm like, Bo, no, I don't get rid of nothing. I'm a hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> but having conversations with this guy, I wish he would have been my dad. You know what I mean? It's one of those things that. You know, I went and Gene would have been my grandfather. So it's one of the things that growing up as a going into my fun uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I woke up to, you know, he, he, conversation. There was, was so many stories. I'm going to tell you guys, if, if, when we do this again, I have a lot more conversation with you and, and we're going to, we'll have a lot more to talk about. Absolutely. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah, man. Hey, once again, everybody out there, this is Voodoo Larry from Voodoo Larry Customs. That's two S's Customs. He's out of Elk Grove, Illinois. He's on Instagram at Voodoo Larry Customs, two S's, and on Facebook. Look him up. Thanks again, y'all. This is uh, episode eight of the Custom Culture Rodcast, brought to you by Old School Rods and Car Culture Deluxe Magazines. We are signing out. Thank you, brother. Later, Gators.
Tune in to Custom Culture Rodcast, brought to you by Car Culture Deluxe and Old School Rods Magazine.